What is up, everyone? Brian and I are super excited about this next episode. We have a special guest, Fredericksburg legend, Wartburg College legend, where he currently ranks number six on their all-time scoring list, number three for three-point field goals, holds records for free throws and assists, and was a three-time first-team all-conference honoree, not to mention a Hall of Famer at Wartburg. He's current assistant men's basketball coach, current head men's golf coach, Jason Steggy. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Shooter's Touch. As usual, Brian and Adam here, and we have a very special guest tonight, Brian. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's been uh, a good friend of the pod that uh, we've tried to get on here for a little while, and obviously here in the heart of the season, uh, scheduling and and family and everything going on, it uh, it's not always the easiest thing, so I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity that we have here tonight. A current assistant college basketball coach here that uh, – like Brian said, is a, is a really good friend of the podcast. And, um, you know, Brian's known him for, for quite a while from his alma mater. And uh, I'll let, let Brian do the intro. Yeah, so uh, with us tonight uh, here on the pod, we have Fredericksburg legend, husband, father of two, sixth all-time leading scorer, third in three-pointers made, golf coach, hoop junkie, Hall of Famer, assistant men's basketball coach at Warburg College, Jason Staggy. Jason, welcome, bud. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. That was a pretty long-winded explanation for something that probably didn't need that much explanation, but appreciate you guys having me on. And before we get started, first and foremost, I want to say happy birthday to Brian. Being his birthday today and taking the time out to do this recording. So happy birthday, man. Wish we could spend it together, but I uh, hope you've had a good one. Hey, appreciate it. Uh, it's definitely been a good one. Like I said earlier, I'm just excited to jump on the pod and spend it with you guys and talk hoops and uh and I probably will go ahead and promise that uh, that intro will probably be the nicest thing I say about you here for a long time. So. <laughs> and rightfully so. I would say it's uh, it's kind of your fault that it's so long, Jason. So you can't really uh, you can't really blame us for that. But um, hey, uh, just to get started here, I know that you know in high school coming coming from Iowa, you know, small town. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you kind of know that you know basketball? basketball was for you i mean for you know on the podcast brian and i have talked about it a number of times you know just with ourselves but you know was there a, a moment that you said that yeah i mean basketball is basketball is my jam you know i that, that's a that's a great question and uh listening to your guys's podcast in the past i've i've obviously been kind of prepared for that question but i you know there's not really one necessary moment uh that i can nail it down to you know i was always I was always playing every sport that we could growing up. And so it went kind of from season to season, you know, being from a small town, I, we didn't have wrestling in my hometown. We didn't have cross country. So it was, I mean, during the fall, you played football during the winter, you played basketball during the spring. It was either cross country and golf. And I, where I was from my high school track coach was also my high school football coach and my high school baseball coach. And he's our assistant basketball coach. And so he had told me that, uh, well, do you want to play football? And I was like, yeah, well, you're going to run track. Do you want to play basketball? Yeah. Well, you're going to run track. So golf wasn't really an option for me uh, in high school and then baseball during the summer. So uh, growing up, you know, we just kind of learned to, to love to compete and to play every sport that we were in. And, you know, as, as we got further along playing in some junior high tournaments and, you know, middle school, junior high tournaments, things like that, three on three, I think back to playing in Gus Mack or three on three. And uh, we went up to Wisconsin to a Nina street ball tournament. That was just 
that's where I really kind of started taking a, a really liking to the game and started to find out that I was actually pretty decent at it. And so it became something I was a lot more passionate about. And then obviously getting into to junior high and high school, uh, I had success with it. And it was something that I just wanted to dedicate a lot of time to. And, uh, you know, like I said, growing up in a town where you had to play every sport, uh, you didn't get to dedicate as much time to it as you wanted. But, uh, you know, it was something that really was a passion of mine as I got going through middle school and into high school and uh, obviously beyond that. And so growing up, too, um, obviously, we, we, we got to give a shout out to Chris, your older brother. I would uh, I would imagine uh, uh, his competitiveness and athleticism as well. He definitely definitely probably pushed you as a youngster from a from a real young age, as well as I know some cousins that were were nearby and so what do you got I mean Chris was he was he kind of the one of the main ones that got you going at a younger age was there some battles on the driveway or what what did that look like for you well let's just say he would get under my skin a lot and I wasn't the biggest guy uh growing up so uh he was always bigger than I was uh and so my cousins as well I uh, we would always get together for you know whether it's Thanksgiving or whatever holiday it was and sports was always involved. And so whatever part of the year it was, you know, if it was around Christmas time, we'd always try to sneak out and play basketball outside if we could, or, you know, get into the gym if we could. Uh, and so, yeah, growing up, it was uh, something that was always involved with my family. And I, I would say that, you know, I tried to get under my brother's skin just as much as he tried to get under mine. And I, I can I remember one time specifically uh, house that we grew up in when I was younger, we had an old cement pad outside and uh, it was middle of winter. And he's like, you want to go out and shoot hoops? And I'm like, no, I, I'm not, not really feeling it. And needless to say, there was about two foot of snow on the pad of cement. And so he got out there and started shoveling. And the next thing I know, I looked out the window and he was about three fourths done. So I decided to throw on my clothes and walk out there and Hey, you, oh, you're almost done. I'm ready to play now. So uh, he, I always tried to get under his skin. And there was obviously, uh, you know, a lot of times it ended up with me getting hurt, me crying, something like that. And the cousins beating on me. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, growing up, that was that was always a big part of uh, whatever we did, whether it was, you know, just me and my brother or my cousins or whatever it was uh, when we were together. So he uh, he definitely challenged me. Uh, and it was something in every sport that we played. I remember him when I played, when we play catch with the football, he'd yell at me to not catch it with my chest and to catch it with my hands and this and that. And so it just, it just made me upset that he was bossing me around. And, uh, but it also made me uh, a lot better athlete and it made me pay a lot more attention to the details that it took. Some things never change. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I'm bigger than he, I, I'm bigger than him now. That doesn't say much. <laughs> so. And if, uh, you know, if scooping the snow off the basketball court in, uh, in the middle of an, uh, a cold Iowa winter isn't a basketball junkie story, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it was, uh, um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, well, you know, with all the, you know, with all, with all the specialization, you know, of young athletes nowadays, you know, especially here in the Des Moines area and in, in you know, bigger cities, bigger schools, um, was there, I mean, was there any of that where you were from um and then in the summer you mentioned you 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 probably played some baseball was was there any aau in your background or what uh what did that look like yeah so specialization wasn't uh wasn't overly popular when i was growing up uh you know we we just kind of adapted to the sport that was in season and played uh with that being said i obviously tried to play basketball as much as i could uh, i do remember kind of trying out for kind of a 
Northeast Iowa select team uh, that would uh, compete AAU-wise or compete at some different tournaments. Uh, but I remember specifically one of the questions being, uh, you know, if you had a conflict with a baseball game and, you know, a weekend that you would be traveling with the team, uh, what would you decide? And I remember thinking to myself, like, well, I want to decide to play basketball. But also I was thinking to myself that, well, I was one of our better pitchers. And, uh, you know, if it came to tournament time, I couldn't let my teammates down that I played with. And so uh, that was a pretty hard question for me to answer, but something that I decided that, you know, I, I'd rather be with my high school team and playing playing baseball and competing with them and uh, the guys that I've grown up playing with. So uh, there wasn't a ton of specialization, but it was definitely something that you could see becoming a little bit more popular uh, and seeing some more AAU teams and things like that and going around. And I know that uh, in, in listening to some of your guys' podcasts in the past, I uh, you know, one of the big ones was, was Martin brothers was one of the big ones. And that was kind of the most popular one. And, but that was only your, your best players in the state were playing on it. And then there wasn't much else to choose from around. Yeah, you're right. Um, what are, what are your, I mean, as a coach now, um, and as obviously, obviously, you know, a grown up and adult, you know, going through um, high school and, you know, the basketball circuit as a youngster, what are, what, what are your thoughts on specialization, you know, through middle school, through high school, um, you know, as, as far as athletes progressing through their, their individual sport or, you know, as an athlete? Yeah. You know, I think in the middle school days, I think it's really hard to just focus on one, one sport, you know, kids are still deciding kind of what they like and, you know, they might be uh, maturing differently and growing differently some, than somebody else. And so uh, to really try to specialize at that time, I think is, you know, I don't want to say it's a negative, but it's definitely something that I, uh, I don't see as a really, really strong positive positive. Uh, and getting the chance to play in other sports, you know, getting the chance. I, I always think that, you know, if you're playing in other sports and maybe you're not the best player at that sport, you learn to le- deal with a lot of adversity, you know, I, uh, maybe for specializing, yes, yeah, your favorite sport and it's your best sport. And I, uh, you know, you've always been one of the better players, but maybe you're playing another sport where, yeah, you're not playing one of the main positions. Maybe you're playing right field. And, and when I grew up in high school, we always put the guy with the weakest arm in right field. And so, you know, you're learning to deal with adversity a little bit more and you're le- learning how to handle different situations and learning how to accept coaching in different ways, because, you know, everybody's got a different coaching uh, approach, I would say to things. And so, I just think there's a lot to learn from from playing a sport that maybe you're not the the best player at uh, and learning how to deal with some of the situations that you're in and getting a chance to, you know, play with those guys that are on your team that maybe are better than you than you at a specific sport and you're better than them at the other sports. So uh, I think it's really hard in the middle school ages. Uh, But then as you get older into high school, obviously in the bigger schools, you see a little bit more specialization just because there's so many kids, uh, I think, competing for either a varsity spots or uh, to be on a roster or things like that. And then in your smaller sports schools, you got to have the kids playing all the sports. So I, I, I'm I'm kind of up in the air on it, uh, but as the, the more you go through it, I really like to see kids uh, because they learn how to compete in other sports too. That's a big thing that we always want to see guys in our program is how do they compete? You know, when things maybe a aren't going their way or you know they're going up against somebody that's better than they are. So I think that you learn a lot from playing other sports, and that can translate then down the line as well for you. Yeah, no, absolutely, I I agree, and I think that like you said, the, the wild card with that is always. Um, 
you know, where you're at. And obviously, you know, all of us kind of growing up, it's more small town, Iowa. We, you know, we're a fortunate to have the ability to compete in multiple sports, but, uh, you know, be had to because of just sheer numbers. And, um, you know, you brought up a lot of good points, obviously yourself or any other college coach out there is going to find good kids and find the athletes and, um, you know, going to be able to, uh, take those situations in which that they're competing at and, and, and take a lot of things. I, I always think back to, um, I believe it was Willie Cully sign, um, when he was, um, when, uh, he got an offer from Kentucky, um, never even saw him play basketball, went to a football game, watched him play wide, wide receiver. And, uh, coach Cal said, yep, here you go. Here's an offer. We can teach you how to play basketball. Yeah. That's a crazy story. I mean, <laughs> to be able to take, make a read on somebody, especially at that high level where, you know, obviously he's an elite athlete, uh, but at that level to, to, you know, their job's on the line a lot more than maybe some lower levels are. And to, to put, you know, an offer out there to somebody that you've maybe never seen play is, is pretty risky, but it says a lot about their ability to read and make a, make a good educated decision based off of it. Speaking of, speaking of educated decision, as we kind of come full circle here, um, moving through high school and obviously the success you had, um, you know, not only basketball, I know you guys had, uh, uh, was it state football state championship. Yeah, we, uh, we won the class a state championship in football my senior year. And, I uh, I laugh cause I say class a and everybody's like class a what's that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I said it's a little bit bigger than eight man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But obviously had a lot of success and coming full circle and being able to uh now decide on where you're going to continue your career how did uh how did you ever uh decide or settle on um Warburg as your as your next home yeah you know it's I kind of tried to wait as long as I could to make a decision and uh you know going through the process I was recruited by a few schools mostly division three schools uh and that's kind of what I narrowed my focus on and I did a number of visits to different schools especially what now the American Rivers Conference, but previously the Iowa Conference, uh, a number of those schools. And what's crazy about I was actually recruited a little bit by some of the schools to play football as well. Uh, just after the success that we had in the football season, and uh, I was fortunate that I was around a lot of really good players, uh, but also had some success on the football field as well. So I was recruited a little bit to play football, and uh, myself being about 5'11 and 143 pounds at that time, I was like, I don't think that football's the route uh but it kind of came down to you know i warburg i had a connection to uh my brother was at warburg uh so i knew warburg well but that was also something that kind of pushed me away from it like i don't want to just go down the route that everybody thinks i'm going to and so that really kind of made me hesitant about warburg but when i had a chance to visit campus and get a chance to meet some of the other guys especially uh some of the upperclassmen and then the, the underclassmen that i was going to potentially be roommate or uh, teammates with for for two or three years you know i really really took a liking to it and felt like it was the place that i was most comfortable and so i uh, all the signs that I wanted to point me not in that direction early on, I when I had a chance to visit, it was just all the right reasons, and so uh, that was that was a big relief for me. And uh, being a little bit closer to home was nice as well for my family and getting a chance for them to see me play. And so uh, I think there's a number of things that went into it, like I said. Uh, but right away, it was I didn't want to do it, go to Warburg, and uh, but the further the recruiting process went along, I thought it was the right fit for me. Well, and so then obviously you get to Warburg and. Um play play early obviously came on and played uh as a freshman um on some really solid teams and uh, obviously ended up over your four years putting together um 
a very nice career as we talked about in the intro um and putting together uh obviously not only scoring record threes um games played i suppose i can probably keep going down the list you're on there quite a few times but uh so just talk a little bit about uh you know your four years there and the experience that you had obviously you know playing with coach Pate and the success that you had both as a team and individually yeah you know coming in i uh... I, you know, all I wanted to do was have a chance to compete for playing time. And obviously, uh, Coach Paith was, was great for me in regards to he didn't care uh, how old you were. And so that was an opportunity that I had was to, to play a little bit early on. And, was, you know, from my standpoint, I was actually a little surprised by it. Obviously, I wanted to play and I wanted to do everything I could to position myself to play. But there was, you know, Warburg was a real, is a really good program. And, uh, you know, they are coming off another 20-win season and had a number of returners. And uh, so when I did get an opportunity to play early, you know, I wanted to take advantage of every situation that I could. And uh, it's actually kind of funny. I got one start my freshman year, and in that game I got two fouls in the first two minutes of the game and didn't play the first the rest of the first half. So, uh, you know, I was like, I was having good success and they rewarded with me, me with a start. And I in turn couldn't keep the other guys out of the lane. So, uh, you know, that it was a good opportunity to play early on. Uh, and like I said, I, I played with a couple of guys, a couple of guys that were a thousand point scorers that were seniors that year that both ended up in our hall of fame. And so, uh, the nice thing was, uh, they took a lot of the attention and so I could just kind of fit in and, uh, that allowed me to, to play to my strengths and relax and play the game and, uh, you know, contribute how I could. And so, uh, it was, I was fortunate to be able to play early on, but again, I played around, around some really, really good players, uh, that allowed me to do so. Uh, and then, you know, as, as the years kind of went along, I had the opportunity to step into a starting role as a sophomore and I had some up and downs with that uh, throughout the course of the year as as I think all kids do early on in their college careers and then uh, you know as a junior and senior had a chance to play on some some really good teams and I again played with the conference MVP as a junior our starting post player Nate Schmidt who had an outstanding career and uh, you know won a lot of games which we always look back at back at it now, and you know you forget about some of the things that happened in the games. But uh, the guys that you played with, and the opportunities that you had, and the experiences that had, are what you really remember from those from those days. So yeah, it was, you know, I, I look back and I'm thankful for the opportunities I had throughout my career. But uh, you know, none of that would have been possible without you know the great teammates that I had and the great coaching staff I had that believed in me and uh, made those opportunities a reality. So one, so one situation you got to talk, uh, talk us through here real quick. And that, uh, would be, would be, uh, selection Sunday, your junior year. Bringing up a bad moment. <laughs> what, what can you <laughs> tell me about that, that Sunday? Well, you know, that what, it was just such a, you know, such a, well, disappointing ending to what was a great year for us. And, uh, we did go 23 and five. Uh, looking back on it, uh, four of those five losses, two were a team that end, to a team in our league, uh, Buena Vista, that ended up being ranked in the top 15 in the country at the end of the year. Uh, one of them was to Augustana out of the Quad Cities, who traditionally has a really, really good program. Uh, and then another one was to Kelvin College in a holiday tournament, which Kelvin went in on to the Final Four that year. And so we had four losses that were you know, games that we could have won that we were in and uh, fell a little short in those games and ended up 23 and five. Uh, and we felt pretty good about having the opportunity to get in that large bid because we lost in our conference championship game. Uh, 
And going into the selection Sunday, I thought that, you know, we had expectations to be practicing the next week. You know, obviously we didn't do our job and uh, take it out of an at-large bid's hands uh, and kind of listening. You know, back in those days, we were just listening. There was no yep. uh, there was no video for it. And so we got this thing up on the radio and we're listening to it. And it's like they're going through teams and each team that passed and was getting into the NCAA tournament. It, you know, just kind of put that uh, knot in your stomach that you didn't want to have. And. Uh, then they wrap up the show and, and talk left. about who was left out. And they're talking about the first team. One of the first two teams left out was Warburg. And so I, I remember being with a bunch of buddies. I know that you were there and uh, being with a bunch of buddies and just kind of like it becoming to an abrupt end and everybody just kind of stood up and didn't say anything. And just, I drove from where we were at back to my house and I, uh, that was, that was kind of the end of the night. So it came, it came abruptly and something that we weren't, uh, you know, expecting, but, uh, you know, it was a great year nonetheless, but not the way we wanted it to end. Yeah, that was, uh, uh yeah, obviously I remember that vividly as well. And if I remember correctly, I believe it was one of the team down in Arkansas that, um, was like undefeated or had one loss on the season. They lost their conference tournament and the 500 team took that bid, which ended up, ended up taking our bid and, yeah, it was a bad beat, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was. I think it might have been Mississippi College who upset somebody, or they got upset in their conference tournament by a 500 team. I think is who it was, but I could be wrong on that too. So don't hold me to that. But yeah, that uh, some of those names stick in your mind, you know, and I don't think you'll ever forget them. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, especially especially when they're, you know, when you when you work so hard for the entire year and. You know, it comes down to a couple people making a decision that is out of your hands. That that may, that makes it that much more tough for sure. Yeah, the other thing that was unfortunate was the NC, the Division Three side of things expanded their NCA tournament the next year uh, to add a few uh, more teams, and so uh, a little bit timing differently, and it could have been a different yeah. ending to the year. So, wow. Um, well, you know, Nate. I mean, obviously, um, obviously, we've talked a lot about your your basketball career you know, younger uh, years and in, into in college here, but uh, was, was coaching always your plan after, after you graduated or how'd you, how'd, how'd you fall into Warburg you know, um, as an assistant coach? That's a great question. And, you know, when I, when things wrapped up after my senior year, it wasn't really, you know, coaching wasn't the, the route that I was envisioning myself to go. I actually started working at Pella windows in Pella, Iowa uh, and worked there for five and a half months. I was a, department manager of a line there and had a really, really good job. And uh, the challenging part was the hours that I was working. I was working a lot of times two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon until two thirty o'clock, two thirty, three in the morning, uh, depending on when I was able to get out of there Four ten hour days typically. And I, uh, you know, I kind of, as I was doing that, you know, it was a good leadership role and something that you had a team involved. And, uh, you know, I just found myself, you know, wanting to get back into the game uh, and being all day, you know, help younger kids and being able to work with at the college level is kind of what I saw. And so I actually worked at Pella, Pella Windows for five and a half months and I decided to come back to, to Waverly and I uh, started taking grad classes at UNI and got my, started working on my master's, ended up being in physical educa- education pedagogy. And I uh, so got involved with Warburg and I actually helped out for four years where I basically was a volunteer uh, helping out and spent a lot of time on the road recruiting. I didn't necessarily go to a lot of practices because I was the one that was, okay, Hey, here's a game to go to. We can't get away from practice. And so I would hit the road and 
I distinctly remember one night where I saw a, a recruit play on a Monday night. There, he was a little over two hours, about two hours and fifteen minutes away, and. I got back on Monday night pretty late and went to class on Tuesday morning and came into the office and they're like, all right, you're heading back down to see him again because he played the next night and back, back to the same gym. Uh, and so I spent a lot of hours on the road. Uh, and so it, it wasn't initially in the kind of the initial plans, but I just, you know, I have a passion for the game and wanted to help out uh, the student athletes and younger kids learn the game and uh, see them grow uh, as a player and as a student athlete. And so got back involved with it and helped out for four years before I was able to step into our full-time role uh, as an assistant coach at Warburg. And this is my 10th year being our assistant. Jeez, it's 10 years already. Wow. Hard to believe. Yeah, that, that is. But hey, so you talked about it. Obviously, recruiting in college basketball. I mean, that's you know one of the one of the key aspects to obviously a good program. And I know you you did a lot of it, like you mentioned early on, and you still are heavy in 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 much of that recruiting process. And so, obviously, recruiting to the Division three level is very different than um, any recruiting that um, you know you would have obviously the higher levels. Or if someone has this perception, probably of what recruiting is. And so, so just talk a little bit about that, but, um, you know, more than anything, focus on what, like, what are some of your biggest challenges? I know obviously there's more than one, but, um, what are some challenges that you guys face when you're, when you're out on the road and, and trying to get those kids to come in and, and even take a look at your program? Yeah, you know, it is, it is a challenge, uh, in recruiting, but every level has their challenges when it comes to recruiting. You know, it could be sitting at the, the NAI level and maybe they don't have the same scholarship amount that some other schools do, or maybe the division two level, they have to, you know, divvy up their scholarships more than some of the ones that are fully funded. And so each level has its challenges. Uh, you know, the, the main challenge for us is not being able to award athletic scholarships. And so, uh, you know, always, always kind of, doing our homework in regards to kids that are that do really well in the classroom that you know could potentially earn some scholarship money with somewhere but also do uh, a great job in the classroom and and want to get a great education and uh you know the division three route is is a great way to go uh and there's a high level basketball at the division three level as well you know it's uh you know i don't want to say it gets a bad rap but you know it's sometimes there's uh kids that maybe think that uh, the division three route isn't for me and the players aren't good enough. And, uh, but there are a lot of good players at the division three level. And so, uh, we obviously identify kids that we want to recruit throughout the year. And I uh, really focus on, uh, our top tier recruits that we want to get that we feel could be immediate impact for our program. And, uh, obviously we also have to, to have some kids that come in and develop and play through our JV program as well. And, uh, earn minutes, uh, into our varsity program. And so, uh, I think that you have to recruit, uh, not only kids that you know can help you right away, but kids that you you look at and know that they have potential to help you, whether it be end of year one or year two or year three even. Uh, and you have to utilize your program to develop them. And so, uh, yeah, we do have our challenges, but, uh, you know, we also look at the positives to it. You know, you're, you're going to get a great education. You're going to graduate in four years. Uh, you know, a lot of times at the higher level you go, the more hours you put into the basketball side of things. Uh, maybe it could feel like a job to you. And at our level, obviously, there's a large time commitment. Uh, but when we're out of our season, uh, you know, we as a coaching staff do don't do individual workouts because we're unable to from an NCAA standpoint. And so, uh, you know, there is that maybe school life balance a little bit more uh, at our level. And, 
so yeah, I mean, you look at it from a couple of different ways. You know, we try to look at the positive side of things and, uh, you know, use it as a positive for our program and uh, talk about the history of our program as well and the success of all of our athletic teams at Warburg. Well, and I think and for the league as well, too. I mean, that's one of the other things I know that uh, I'm sure it's in part, part of your guys' pitch, but, you know, just top-notch facilities. I mean, really, you know, really as you kind of start to go through the league, it's, it's league-wide. Um, you know, and a lot of that is even, you know, in the last probably 10, 15 years, um, you know, as far as updates to, to many of those, the schools uh, in the league. And, and, you know, you talked about obviously there's a great deal of talent. But, you know, honestly, as I look down and look through some of the rosters and stuff, too, I mean, just coaches. You think about some of the coaches and coaches that have been there, come through, are still there and have been there for a long time. I mean, you have great facilities, great education, and just great coaching. I mean, it, it really is kind of the total package for, for those types of kids that, uh, you know, want to come and compete and get a good education. Yeah, I think there's a, as you look at, like you said, the coaches, I think there's a reason that a lot of them stick around as long as they do because I uh, – you know, they really enjoy the Division three side of things and uh, the student-athlete experience and, you know, what they get to do with their programs. And uh, there also is, you know, a little bit of the work-life balance as well for that from that standpoint. But, yeah, Coach Paith, our head coach, this is his 23rd year at Warburg. And so uh, I think if you had asked him probably – eight to 10 or after a year, eight or 10, uh, I don't think he probably would have thought that, yeah, I'm going to continue to stay here, but who knows? Uh, and he, and this is his 23rd year and I've been fortunate to be around him uh, for a large number of those years and learn from him. And uh, as are a number of coaches in the conference, like you said, and so our conference has had a lot of success. Uh, three years ago, we were in the sweet 16 and lost the eventual national runner up uh, two years ago. Uh, Nebraska Wesleyan from our conference went on to win the national championship. And then just last year, we had two teams in the NCAA tournament, one that got an at-large bid. And uh, one hosted, Nebraska Wesleyan hosted an entire first weekend. And then uh, Loris advanced to the Sweet 16. So good success uh, across the board in our league. And I guess just looking through the roster, um, here, I guess, obviously you have, um, have a lot of players from the state of Iowa. Um, and I'm assuming that a lot of that is 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 those 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 players knowing about Warburg, you know, um, at 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 times you know following the program. Um, is that is that a strategy of you and and the coaching staff? Um, you know, hit Iowa really hard and then expand where you need to, um, or or is there a strategy behind your 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 recruits? Yeah, you know, we, we feel like we need to recruit well in the state of Iowa. You know, high school basketball in Iowa is very good. Uh, with that being said, the kids are, are recruited by a number of schools. And so there's a lot of schools that are, you know, really throwing their name name into the mix for these kids. And uh, But we feel like we have to do a, a really good job in the state of Iowa and get, uh, especially Northeast Iowa and, and into Central Iowa as well, do a really good job with recruiting uh, and identify those kids that can be difference makers at our program, in our program. And I uh, obviously really uh, focus our efforts on them. But along with that, uh, you know, we obviously try to identify some out-of-state kids that we we can see maybe during the summer during AAU or we get some recommendations from or uh, things like that. And so uh, we do try to recruit out of state as well. Uh, you know, I think we've we've had a few out of state kids. You know, it's, it's usually not going to be nine or 10 kids, but we're going to have, you know, anywhere from three to five, three to six kids a lot of times from out of state that are a part of our program. And, uh, you know, so it's just kind of it just kind of depends on the year, I think. Uh, and what the needs are for our program and kind of what's available in the state of Iowa and what they're be, who they're being recruited by. But we do focus a lot of our efforts on, on Iowa. Uh, and, you know, 
from a Division three standpoint, recruiting wise, it's challenging to to get out and see uh, out of state kids as well uh, and see them as much as you need to to develop the relationship that you need to, uh, you know, have them trust that that your program's the right fit for them. And so uh, I think we have some restrictions in regards to recruiting out-of-state kids, uh, but try to recruit a, a number of out-of-state state kids as well. I'll tell you a crazy story. We had a kid uh, in our program graduated about three years ago from Slovenia. Uh, he actually attended uh, Impact Academy in Florida. I basically exchanged emails with him. We kind of went back and forth. This, the year ends up. Uh, I don't hear from him. I send him an email in like June. He finally responds again, and he's back home in Slovenia, and he says, Coach, I'm going to come to Wartburg. Sight unseen. <laughs> Sight unseen. Wow. And he turns out, ended up starting for two years for us as a junior and senior. And again, his senior year, we make it to the Sweet 16, and I uh, had an unbelievable experience. And But you know, sight unseen. And so there's crazy stories like that where, you know, you're involved with somebody and, you know, they just might take a liking to it by checking it out online and things like that. The first time I ever met him uh, was when he showed up to campus for classes in person. And so I met him uh, kind of in the hallway and showed him around, showed him down to our locker room and kind of said, welcome to campus. Here's when classes are starting. And, uh, let me know what I can do for you. Hey, it's, I, it seems like uh, seems like there's somebody else that you tried uh, to pick up off the transfer portal one time. Uh, what was that guy's name? <laughs> oh, there there have been a few guys that we've been involved with through the recruiting process that you know either a don't choose your school, uh, and then they go somewhere else, and uh, you know they maybe want a different experience or they want to move closer back to home or whatever it might be. And so there have been a number of kids that we've obviously been involved with as you know, transfers are becoming more a part of the college game at every level. Uh, and there's a fewer restrictions in regards to transferring down than there are transferring at the division one level, to division one or things like that. So you can transfer down and play right away and be eligible, but you can't transfer from, you know, division three to division one. You have to sit out uh, due to transfer reasons. So, uh, yeah, I think the Division three level, when somebody wants to transfer and potentially play right away, whether it be transferring from the Division two level or maybe an NAI school or uh, as a walk-on at a Division one, whatever it might be, I think there's a few less restrictions. So was, Wasn't there someone that might have played in the National Championship game that you tried getting through the transfer portal? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't try getting through the National or, uh, Transfer Portal, but... Uh, or you were early. You were the first one on the scene or something, right? <laughs> I remember watching Matt Mooney, who played for Texas Tech this last year and had an unbelievable year. And in high school, I'm like, that guy's a nice player. You know, I think at the time I was pretty, uh, you know, I obviously didn't have any idea what I was doing. He was way too good. But if you look at his career path, he bounced around from a few different places. I think he went to Air Force first and maybe South Dakota and then ends up at yep. Texas Tech and plays in a national championship game. And I remember being at the national championship game with you last year, Brian, and a couple other buddies. And I remember, you know, just kind of seeing his name again and being like, I remember watching him play in the Chicagoland area. And being like, God, I'm sure he can be a really good player somewhere where I wasn't totally wrong, but the level was totally wrong. Hey, record Uber Drive. That would have been a completely different podcast than we have tonight. And B, if you would have came to Wartburg, geez, this would be this would be a whole other thing. Yeah, I'm sure Matt Mooney was really, uh, really waiting for that phone call from Wartburg when he had uh, a couple of Division One schools after him. So, <laughs> well, I don't know if. If uh, I mean, if if you're good, if you're a good enough recruiter to get somebody from Slovenia to pick your your college, you might as well shoot high and go go for those guys too. Right? Uh, you know, you never know what can happen. You never know what can happen. Right? <laughs> yeah, shoot. That's a pretty good shoot story. Shot, that's for sure. But yep. um, hey, so you talked a little bit about it. Obviously, um, 
a lot of the kids that you're that you guys bring on and uh you know are athletes and play multiple sports and so uh you know it's kind of two twofold question here one as far as player development you talked about you guys can't you don't have a ton of contact with the players in the off season and so you know obviously those kids getting better uh you know has to do a lot of that's got to be on their own obviously with some guidance from you guys and so I guess, you know, one is as far as what do you guys do player development wise for those kids, you know, when they're on campus and, you know, out of season, but still on campus. And then two, talk a little bit as far as, you know, kids that you're looking for or, you know, any kids that might be listening to the pod as far as, you know, what what are some areas of focus, you know, shooting the basketball, handling the basketball? What are some things in which that you guys like to see or want your guys constantly working on? Yeah, you know, to to kind of address that in two different uh, responses, uh, when we're when we're looking for guys uh, to come into our program that we're looking to recruit, uh, you know, the game has changed quite a bit, and especially at our level, uh, where you don't see the you know the six nine six ten back to the basket five man that can really really score. Now there are some. Uh, across division division three that are really really good interior players but uh, you're seeing a lot more six four six five guys that are playing your you know three four positions and inside and out and four out one in and five out uh, you know no end doing a lot of ball screen action and so I uh, the skill side of things is is really important for us and uh, you know having guys that can can not only shoot it, but he'll being able to put it on the floor and be able to score going to the basket and uh, create off the bounce for their teammates. I think that uh, at our level, you're seeing a lot more kids uh, that way and, you know, maybe not as much size. And so, uh, you know, we're always, we're always looking for guys that are in the, you know, six, three to six, five range that have good skill that can play multiple positions and be really versatile. And uh, I know that there's a number of schools that are looking for that. Uh, but that's kind of an area that we, you know, we really want to focus on moving forward as well. And I, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the area that we look to, to address in recruiting. Uh, you know, anytime you can get some size too, that's a, that's a bonus. Uh, and some guys that can play with their back to the basket and score with their best back, back to the basket. Uh, but you are seeing a lot more, perimeter-oriented uh, offenses at our level. Uh, from a player development standpoint, you know, outside of our seasons, again, we can't be in the gym working with our guys. And so, uh, you know, that's the part of our level. We rely a lot on our our guys, our upperclassmen, uh, uh, to, you know, really take the ownership with that. And so we talk to our guys about what we want to see them improve on, uh, you know, whether it be – you know, being able to shoot it off the bounce or, you know, work on catch and shoot situations or uh, whatever it might be offensively and skill development wise. And then outside of our season, we have to rely on them to put the hours into the gym. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate that the guys in our program spend a lot of time in the gym uh, and they want to get better. And, uh, you know, so we talk about what they need to improve on. Uh, but in, in, as far as being able to do anything with them outside of the season, we're unable to. So we can't get down there in the gym and correct something that they might, you know, have a question about or things like that. Uh, and they, they, they really take it to heart and work on that. You know, during the season, uh, we'll do some different things in practice where we work with our guard court. Uh, I'll specifically work with our guard court and Coach Pace will work with our front court. And, uh, you know, so we do some different breakdown things in terms of, you know, uh, penetrate and kick where we want spacing, how we want guys to finish off two feet, how we want to attack the basket, things like that, uh, in terms of their skill. But, uh, that's, that's the challenge, you know, that's the million dollar question. I think at our level is, you know, how do you continue to develop the skill of your guys, uh, with having less contact with them? And so in the summertime, then, um, are those workouts completely on their own then, or do you, as a coaching staff, 
create create those workouts and then just expect them to to actually do them on their own. Yeah, so we have a, a player pack that we will send with all of our guys for the summer and you know the majority of our guys go home during the summer because they have jobs that they work or uh, have an internship that they got going on or whatever it might be we will have a few guys that stick around campus maybe live off campus uh around the summertime and work in town uh but yeah we we kind of talk with each guy specifically what we want to see them uh get better at from a player development standpoint but then put together a strength and conditioning packet for our guys uh and you know we can the, the funny thing is we always tell our guy, we can tell who comes back uh, and has dedicated themselves to it in the fall of the year and uh, which guys maybe right. didn't stick to it as much as they needed to. And, you know, it includes a lot of information, so it doesn't have to be to a T following that, but it at least gives our guys something to follow and something to, you know, grasp onto during those summer months when they uh, are putting time in, in the gym and in the weight room. So on any of those summer workouts that uh, you send with the players, um, do any of them entail uh, drinking a six pack and a steak and potatoes every day as they're um, <laughs> at the golf course as their uh, regiment to be able to become conference MVP or what, what's the deal with that? You know, that uh, that's not the uh, fastest route to becoming a, fa- a conference MVP, but uh, was effective for our, our teammate that we had. And, uh, you know, Sign me up for that. you know, he had his own routine and, you know, to each their own, but uh, he made that work. And, you know, I, I, I always give him, we always gave him a hard time because it seemed like it took him until December to get back into shape and where we're, who are we needed him. Uh, but then again, all of our conference games were after that. So uh, it worked out for him. Well, yeah, because then he came back his senior year in shape and he had a better year as junior year with eating, <laughs> eating steak and potatoes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, some things you shouldn't change. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, hey, so at the end of every podcast, we do, um, what we call rapid fire where Brian is going to ask you a couple questions between seven and eight questions. And we want you uh, say the first thing that comes to mind. All right. All right. First thing, first thing off the top of your head. First one here. So away from Levick arena, what's your favorite gym to coach in <sighs> or have coached in, I guess. That's a, you know, we played at hope college. Uh, in the national tournament three years ago and they have for a division three school they have an unbelievable facility uh it seats uh you know over four thousand people and so it's you know i i compare it a little bit to the mcleod center uh, in regards to kind of the setup that it has where you walk around the top and down your seats and i you know it has a little scoreboard up in the top middle and i it's, it's an unbelievable facility. And so in that atmosphere, in that level of game, uh, and, you know, we were actually not even playing Hope College as a neutral site game for us, uh, but their fans started to come in, and that place was uh, three-quarters full by the time that, that game ended. And so that was a really cool experience to, to be able to do that and uh, coach at that in a game of that magnitude and, uh, you know, that atmosphere. All right, uh, basketball camp question here. Dunkin' Donuts or Panera? Dunkin' Donuts, hands down. It's all. It's actually just Dunkin' now. Just Dunkin', yeah. <laughs> what 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 do you think Oakland selection would be on that? Well, he's definitely going to Panera and getting something with the the highest calorie intake you can get. <laughs> um, best player you ever played against? Um. Well, you know, playing at Iowa my senior year, uh, we had a chance to play an exhibition game down there, so. I, I would just say that Iowa team, you know, playing against Jeff Horner, I uh, was probably the best player that I went kind of head to head against. I, uh, 
you know, in that game for the most part. So I would have to say him and uh, Greg Bruner, Duncan on our teammate, that was the league MVP was also pretty special. So <laughs> Holesco was pretty nasty too. He was just so much faster. Well, you know, I just think about running in transition and me trying to run as fast as I could. And he just making it look like it's nothing going in transition. He's scooting right by you. So, so fast. I would say he's the best overall athlete that I've ever played against. Um, favorite golf course. I, you know, I, I listened to your podcast with uh, Nate Oakland and he talked about North Carolina and I've had the fortune of taking our golf team out there as well from Warford. Uh, and I would say that uh, Pinehurst number eight is the, one of my favorite to play uh, along with tobacco road golf course out in Salem, North Carolina. So you're going eight over two. Cause you've played two then, correct? I have not played two. See, I didn't oh, see that's uh, that might be out of the budget for the trip. Uh, but yeah, we've been over there to the course and everything, but never played number two. It obviously looks pretty special, but I would say Piners number eight went for being out there in the Piners area. All right, so back local connection here. Uh, what are you picking, Mulligans or Peppers? Uh, mulligans. Uh, I no, I can't agree with you. On that no, one, really, I can't agree. With you. Man, <laughs> all right. All right. I, we did, all, we did always hit up peppers when we were in college on Monday night. They always ran the wing special and the wing special. That, oh man. That didn't work out so well for Tuesday morning condition, strength and conditioning stuff going on. <laughs> so we cut that out. And I would say in my yeah. post college days, Mulligans now. Gotcha. I'm with you on that one. So, uh, favorite basketball shoe? The 12 lows. <laughs> Jordan 12 lows. I knew, oh. I knew you're going to ask that question based off of your previous <laughs> recordings and, I, you know, I just couldn't think of any other option. Yeah. No, I was saying we went over that with Oakland. So he was, <laughs> you guys are right there, peas in a pod. So um, <laughs> two left here. Uh, Tis the season. So is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No. <laughs> and last one. Let's wrap it up with best thing about Warburg College. Uh, the experience and the people. I think it's, you know, the people that I get to work with and the experience that you get as a student athlete, I think is second to none uh, for our level. And you have outstanding facilities, again, coaches that have been uh, established at the institution for a number of years and been very, very successful. And, uh, you know, we, we always talk about our conference does an all sports trophy. I know this is getting long winded, but our conference does an all sports trophy. Uh, and they've done that for 17 years, combining the success of where you finish for all the men's and women's sports and Warburg is either tied or won that all 17 years. So I, uh, I think that's really special. And the experience that you can get as a student athlete is, is what sets it apart. Yeah, no, obviously I agree. I, you know, and, uh, I haven't gone through that experience and, uh, you know, the big thing, I guess, for me, too, is, is just the relationships in which that you're able to form. Um, you know, that's something, too, that obviously really only being the only college experience. I, I can't speak to a, a bigger school, but, uh, you know, just obviously the, the kids on there, the the players that we play with, but everybody in our classes and the, the staff and just all the people that you interact with on a daily basis, I would I would definitely say um, hit the nail on the head with that one. And so, um, you know, obviously, as you guys move forward here, I wish you wish you obviously the best of luck. Um, we'll be following along, keeping a track and, you know, didn't get a whole lot into to, to this year's squad. And we know that uh, you guys got a little work to do. And hopefully here as you guys head to head to Florida, you guys can uh, um, start to string together a few wins. Well, appreciate that, guys, and appreciate you having me on. And, you know, we're looking forward to 
the second part of our season. We uh, have a young team, and uh, I know that you didn't really ask about it, but we have a young team, and uh, our our non-conference schedule and our record of opponents is 69-25 and 25 right now. And so uh, we've played a really good schedule, uh, and I think it's going to prepare us well for the second part of the year, and we're excited to see how the team can grow. And I appreciate you guys taking the time to have me on, and uh, hopefully I was able to provide a little bit of insight into what I do and the opportunities that are available. And, uh, you know, look forward to future episodes and listen to what do you guys do what you do. Hey, again, appreciate it. And, uh, um, yeah, like I said, uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be following along. Good luck with everything. And uh, thanks again for your time. Um, loved having you on. And, uh, you know, for everybody else out there listening to the podcast, we really hope you enjoy it. Um, if there's something that you like or something that jumped out at you, you know, let us know. We love getting the feedback. We love hearing from you guys. Um, anything that we can do, any topics that you want us to touch on, let us know. We'd, we'd, love, to, we'd love to hit those for you. And, uh, you know, continue to hit us up on social media. And uh, we appreciate it.